You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Yo. 
Listening to African Perspectives, where we review the issues of our day from an African worldview and African-centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors and we say the word ashe, which simply means so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done and for all that God will do. We sashay. We pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Tymeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured a libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. 
You say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe. Civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So we poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted. And we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I am your host, Baba Oshi, Hotel Family. Hope everything is well with you today. Hope you're going to have a good day today. It's a great weekend. Hope you're going to get a chance to do all the things you want to do, should do, must do, can do, and will do. Hoping that the weather will be accommodating for you to do it. But man, this weather's been a mother, ain't it? For those out west and those in the Midwest and those in the Northeast, and fortunately it's just raining here, 
But boy, but if it has to get done, it must get done, then you will get it done. That's right, peace family. <laughs> yep. You're listening to the African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, or 8 to 10 Pacific, or any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, you can go to our archives at timeforanawakening.com at the top of the page. You'll see podcast. Click on that to drop down. You'll see African Perspectives. Click on that. And there will be programs that are dated and titled. But also you can use a shortcut, whatever your search engine that you may use, and you just put in babaoshi.net, B-A-B-A-O-S-H-I dot net, babaoshi.net. And then once again, programs that are dated and titled. Other programming we have here on Time for an Awakening Media. Once again, this program is every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And all times are going to give our Eastern Times Black Reality Think Tank coming back with host Brother Alfonso Watkins and honoring our good brother, Dr. William Rogers, who are going to have a memorial on August 5th. That was his birthday. We're going to have a memorial that, uh, in Milwaukee, but it will be streamed so all can participate. Friday, if it's Friday and it's 8 p.m. Eastern, you know what time that is, family. It is time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. Saturdays from 7 to 9, the Sankofa Elders Council from 7 to 9 on Saturdays. And Sunday, if it's 7 p.m. on Sunday, once again, it's time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And the number to call is 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. We Buy Black. We Buy Black, the largest online marketplace for American African-owned businesses is WeBuyBlack.com. Get everything you need from American African-owned businesses, WeBuyBlack.com. Africa for the Africans. Africa for the Africans. Brother Bomani Tahimba is getting ready to take a group of our people once again to um, the motherland. He's going to Senegal and Gambia. March 30th to April 9th, Senegal and Gambia. May 24th to June 5th, Ghana. July 20th through the 30th, Rwanda. November 16th to the 27th of November, Tanzania. December 24th to January 4th, 2024, Azinia. March 29th to April 9th, 2024, Liberia. July 11th to July 23rd, Ghana. December 2nd, excuse me, November 21st to December 2nd, 2024, Kemet. Those those you must admit are some great destinations. I hope that you go on the website, africaforthefricans.org to check it out, everything you need to access one of those tours, or even if they don't want to want to, you're going to go on your own to someplace, you need to go to that website because they have all the information that you may need. The, the, the visas, the, the shots, all the documentation that you need, you just got to download it and there it is for you. 
All right. If you looking want to see pictures of previous tours, go to facebook.com forward slash Bomani. If you want to see videos of previous tours, go to youtube.com forward slash Bomani 2007. Family African for the Africans.org. Habashaw. Habashaw stands for helping Africa by establishing schools at home and abroad. Habashaw. Of course, they have programs here in the Atlanta area with the Habashaw Works. All of these are sustainable uh, growing programs, sustainable. And of course, they have Black Twat Roots, Sustainable Seeds, Golden Growers, and the Urban Green Jobs. And of course, they built the Kashi Project in Ghana. And if you go to the website, you can see these for you. You can see it for yourself. And because they launched the project back in October. So HabashaIncorporated.org. Ledge Group. Ledge, land for the environmental development of group economics. Brother Peter Brown, the Ledge Group. They deal in the areas of human existence that are vital to human existence. That is food, water, clothing, and shelter. They have 12 projects in six different countries with over 170 employed and over 260 members. Brothers and sisters, you too can become a member of the Ledge Group. In fact, if you are a member of the Ledge Group, you have the opportunity to buy land. That's right. You have the opportunity to buy land and $250 an acre in Tanzania. You might Overlook Kilimanjaro. It might be by the Serengeti. Who knows? Hey, take the opportunity, my brothers and sisters. Ledge Group, land for the environmental development for group economics. Abibiatumi. Abibiatumi. A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I. Abibiatumi.com. Brothers and sisters, Abibiatumi is having a conference and a, asking for information if you want to participate. It's the Black Power Conference, the African Power Conference. Uh, it's going to be July 7th through the 9th in Ghana. And I'm quite sure they might have a streaming ability, you know. But, uh, you know, that's always kind of shaky because, of, I mean, it's, it, even when I go to BB or Tumi, and I'm just keeping it real, sometimes it just freezes and you know, I have to refresh it or, you know, hit that wait button and then it'll come back and now I can move it. And see, less like that. But the BB to me, A B I B I T U M I, the BB to me conference. Brothers and sisters, go to a BB to me dot com. Smile Pharmacy. Smile Pharmacy. Contact Brother Jabril at 770-765-7751. Brothers and sisters, if you want want to change your direction, you know, for your health. And it's that serious. Give him a call at 770-765-7751. If you want to drop him an email, smilepharmacy at gmail. Smilepharmacy. S-M-A-I-F-A-R-M-A-C-Y at gmail.com. The Moses West Foundation. The Moses West Foundation. Brothers and sisters, we've been talking about it. He was the guest last week and and, uh, talking about what's happening globally he wants to affect that kind of change he's not asking for people to invest no he wants people to donate we want to get these machines up and running into areas and places where waters and where water is scarce and it's a necessity remember family there is no shortage of water yes i know um well <laughs> as i'm saying that i thought about california because california they had stuff drying up 
because California was so low on water. Well, that's not the case today. Man. In fact, with all that snow, when that starts to melt, there's going to be some serious flooding. But water is an issue in other parts of this country. Water is an issue in other parts of the world. But it's not an issue. It's just the access to it because water is in the air. The brother has proved it with his water machines. Take the water out of the air. Even in a place like Ohio that had a devastating train wreck that spewed all kinds of toxins into the air. What it does, a machine does, it takes the the H2O molecule, which is water, H2O, separates that from all the other toxicities and so forth, kicks those to the curb. Then that H2O goes to a filterization process and then bam, open the tap up, out comes water and it works 24-7, 365 because it works on solar. The two things that are right there on this planet, the sun and moisture in the air. Bam, okay. Okay, family, I got you. (laughs) I hope you do. Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar located in the West End here in Atlanta area. Tomorrow and Sunday, they have be selling vegan food at Wadada's. But they have delicious smoothies and fruit drinks and pastries, all kinds of good stuff. They also have um, holistic herbs and spices and other products at Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar. Located right across the street from Soul Vegetarian, up the street from the Shrine of the Black Madonna, right there on Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard. Give them a call at 404 404- Four 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 one six three five four zero four 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 one six three five. Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar. Mama Nia, that's right, my good sister Mama Nia. She's at the Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. I tell you, if you are in the Atlanta area, please stop up at the Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall because she has a fine selection of books, postcards, greeting cards, gift certificates, T-shirts, figurines, and so much more. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. The Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore in Lithonia. My good brother Gazimde Ajamu. Give him a call. He's right there on Main Street in Lithonia. Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar. 770-305-6373. 770-305-6373. Give him a call. Because there's light in the Black Dot. Now, of course, you... To get to the black dot, you're on I-20 going east, and you exit 74, and you make a left, and you go down about a mile or so, and on the left will be the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar. Jump back on that road and head um, in the south direction, because if you're facing, if you're going east and you make a left, you're going north. If you're going east and you make a right, you're going south. So go south. Jump back on I-20 going east. The next exit is exit 75, Turner Hill Road. Take that exit, turn right under the exit. Three lights, make another right. And on the left will be the new Black Wall Street Market. The new Black Wall Street Market family. Us lifting us to economic development, cooperative for our people in the spirit of Ujamaa. Us lifting us. Their Thursday night broadcast every Thursday night from 9 to 10 on Blog Talk Radio. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash U-L-U. But if you want to call to listen or you want to give your question or comment or concerns, dial 
2789. From 9 to 10 every Thursday, the Thursday night call of us lifting us. And of course, their, their uh, convention is this weekend. In fact, immediately after my program, I have to jump off because I got to do a libation for the conference of us lifting us. That's right. I love those brothers and sisters. Us lift. Because they're us. Yeah, they're us. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon, Georgia. Every, they're open Thursday, Tuesday, excuse me, family. They're open Tuesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. In Macon, Georgia, at 2910 Napier Avenue in Macon, Georgia. Brother Bija, give him a call at 478-256-1166. That's 478-256-1166. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop. He's got it all, brothers, in Macon, Georgia. Brother Bija, give him a call. Sun Got a Sense, your one-stop natural shop. Located 4140 in Jonesboro Road. In Forest Park, Georgia, inside the International Discount Mall, booth 225. Give my sister Shelly Amonset a call at 404-434-7963. That's 404-434-7963. She's got a lot of stuff there. You know, stuff for your beard, t-shirts, uh, shoes, jewelry, uh, and all kinds of stuff. Sun Goddess Scents, your one-stop natural shop. Incense, lotions. Yeah, man. I, I, I Hey. I don't have the whole rundown, but give them a call. Sanjay-Haiti.org. Sanjay-Haiti.org. Sister Gabrielle Aurelia has been doing great work with our children in the northeastern portion of the island of Haiti. Brothers and sisters, they rely on the goodness and the kindness of you and me. There is no governmental safety net. And they're doing great work. So if you go to the website to check it out for yourself, Sanjay, S O N. J-E dash Haiti A-Y-I-T-I dot org Sanjay dash Haiti dot org Man, I tell you they're doing great work and they deserve to be supported. They really do. They all do, right? And you're right again. Baba Baruti and Mama Yah they have another quarterly coming up in May I believe it is early May but of course they have their school and they do great work. They do great work at Occupant Institute at Akaben Institute to do great work. If you want to donate, go to PayPal, put in Yah, Y-A-A, Baruti, B-A-R-U-T-I, at yahoo.com. If you want to use Cash App, put in dollar sign, Yah, Y-A-A, the letter M, Baruti, B-A-R-U-T-I, to make your donations. And you can make a donation once a month, once a week, you know, if you want to do it. Whatever amount, it, believe me, brother, it will be greatly appreciated. com is where you get his books. All his books are com. I'm telling you, he is prolific, a prolific writer, com. In fact, we're going to go there right now. That's right. The Yenye Sesim of Daily Revolutionary Thought. March 9th, African people are righteous by nature and are other than right and others are righteous by circumstance. Khalid Abdul Muhammad. In an effort to weaken our front line, mental agents have worked to strengthen a movement which would sever 
the natural connection for warriors between promises made and promises kept. A concerted effort has been put into removing any negativity associated with one's character when striking where striking contradictions are found between his or her public or private lives. Our ancestors judged leadership, whether potential or actual, on the quality of family relationships, on how one treated his or her spouse, children, and relatives. However, in order to weaken the definition of warriorhood so that even the worst possible examples of moral and or political immaturity could fit, these mental agents are known for ignoring or dismissing behaviors which would commonsensically be considered unwarrior-like by using he was he who has thrown the first stone arguments. <laughs> this contradiction cannot be allowed to subvert the African sovereignty movement because the cultivation of a good character is one of the foremost priorities of everyone standing in the center. We recognize that a person's ability to keep his or her word was a fundamental quality among Africans traditionally, and they are who we are working to become. A handshake would suffice for an agreement. Those who consistently did not keep their word were held in contempt. Of course, the quality of paperless packs has deteriorated because of the decline in our enforcement powers as a result of embracing an externally validated selfish extreme individualism regardless of why it must be returned if we are to correct and correctly build nationhood nation building affirm I am creating a righteous reality affirm I am creating a righteous reality yes uh, I say March 10th, to be truly liberated, African people must come to know the nature of European thought and behavior in order to understand the effect that Europe has had on our ability to think victoriously. Yes, you know that's right. That's Mama Marimba. I read that periodically. It's some of the stuff I read on from time to time. That's Mama Marimba Ani. I taught at Morehouse, a Negro college, once declared that I was a psychotic revolutionary. I said then, as I say now, that I take great pride in such an honor. Today, those bestowing this honor have grown to include homosexualized Africans and their inherent defenders, so-called African (laughs) black feminists, Marxists, and Greeks or geeks, pacifists, compromised and frustrated spiritualists, and of course, European intellectuals. Usually the best indicator of whether we are on the right path is the disapproval of those who are and upheld with what we fight against. Since to be classified as sane in the Western, it testifies classified as sane testifies to your insanity then to be called the worst of insane by European Africans and the like is an ultimate compliment I say 
I have separated my thoughts from European thoughts. I have separated my thoughts from European thoughts. March 11th. Powerlessness breeds a race of beggars. Kwame Ture and Charles Hamilton. Most Africans in Western society assume that integration is a two-way process of equal give and take. After all our hard lessons, the melting pot delusion is still alive and well in our community. Too many of us also assume that so-called integration is a positive that we should aspire to. However, integration is not what is, that has happened. What Africans and, and African nationalists and culturalists culturalism that Europeans have allowed to be absorbed into their culture has have assumed a lesser or subordinate importance and status. Therefore, in using the word integration, we may be using the correct dictionary denotion, but it is incorrect connotation for Africans in the Western reality. Instead, we need a term that more appropriately fits this reality, which is sub- Integration, of course, you know, sub means beneath, under, less than. Integration would be a more accurate description because it is a term which includes not only the basic I- idea definition of integration, but it also includes the way in which Africans and our cultural aspects are introduced and incorporated into and are recognized by Western cultural and society. Be mindful here that we are not speaking of those ancient and traditional African ideas and technology that were stolen and distorted into the foundations of European thought and behavior because those Africanisms are not accepted or admitted as African within a cultural, European cultural thought or society. Affirm, I do not strive to be integrated into what is inferior. Affirm, I do not strive to be integrated into what is inferior. Brothers and sisters, the Inya, the Inya Sassim, the Inya Sassim of daily revolutionary thought. I love it. I do. I love the Inya Sassim of reading it. And, ah, this is a daily revolutionary thought and we need that on a daily basis. We need to constantly be inspired something should be put onto our minds because that's what we're at war for the minds of our people get us to understand and use the correct the correct language often said that no integration because what integration means you have what you have I have what I have we bring them together you respect what I have I respect what you have and we agreed to blend that together to integrate that into something that now we share, okay? Now that we share. But that's usually not the case, family. <laughs> There's no integration. There's sub-integration or forced assimilation. Forced assimilation. Today, uh, we're going to talk about um, I tell you, we're going to talk about Here's a piece that um, 
and I, I'm gonna read a, I'm gonna read a piece too that uh, brother Mickey Dean. You know, you've heard I mean talk about brother Mickey Dean because he's a, he's been on this program. He's out of Kansas City, Missouri, and uh, he was the international chair of the National Black United Front, and is a strong warrior, a good man, an attorney. Yeah. Musical enthusiast, particularly on the saxophone, jazz. Yeah, brother Mickey Dean. I'm gonna read what he said. I'm gonna get him on the on the program real soon. He hasn't been on in a while, and uh, so I'm gonna read that. But right now, I'm gonna play a piece that uh, my good brother Taeju sent over on face on Facebook. It's a real good piece. Yeah, it's a real good piece. John Stewart. You know, John Stewart is one of the Caucasians. And, you know, there's a number of Caucasians that are outside of the thinking of even the liberals. I wouldn't classify them as liberals. I really wouldn't. You know, I classify them as free thinkers and more righteous thinkers, so to speak, you know, because the the right wing, which is the dominant thought process, seems to be here in this country now. And and to me, so be it. Good. Because I've been saying all along that these crackers don't, they can't stand your ass. And they've been saying all along, we can't stand your ass. But yet and still, we try to battle and we try to encourage, we try to coerce, we try every damn thing we can do to make these son of a bitches respect our humanity. It hasn't happened, it ain't happening, and it ain't gonna happen. But I, I found this piece, and it's, it's a decent length. Uh, what is this? Almost 17 minutes. In fact, that'll take us right up to the break, uh, you know. And now that I got my Zara radio together, we're gonna, we gonna jam. So this is a piece of John Stewart, the, the problem with white people. <laughs> the problem with John Stewart, right? The problem with white people. Check it out, we'll talk on it. As you may know, uh, this country has had some issues with race. Oh, okay. (laughs) Sphincters are tightening already. Uh, We've had some issues with race. There was was that incident in uh, 1619, and then had a few hiccups since then, but mostly it's been fine. We've all been chilling. It's been chill. Until... A couple years ago, another rare bad thing happened to black people in the summer of 2020. George Floyd's death is sparking a national reckoning. The death of George Floyd, it sparks this, this, this global movement, this racial reckoning. We here in America certainly had our own racial reckoning uh, in the wake of George Floyd's death. A growing number of American companies facing a racial reckoning. As America confronts a racial reckoning. A racial reckoning. It also comes at a time of racial reckoning for the country. So you guys are finally ready to talk about racial uh, reckoning. (laughs) 
We don't we don't want to we don't want to right the wrongs. We just reckon we're going to think about it for a bit. <laughs> well, not to worry. This egregious midday murder will not be in vain. Let the work of writing centuries of oppression begin. Aunt Jemima is being retired. <laughs> By any means necessary. Cream of Wheat is removing the black chef from its packaging. Chris Harrison, host of The Bachelor, has announced he is stepping away. Every NFL stadium, you're going to see phrases like end racism. Tonight we know the Dixie Chicks are dropping the Dixie. The village of Hempstead renamed Main Street Black Lives Matter Way. We will now kneel for our moment of silence. Worst production of Lion King ever. <laughs> but more than Kenty Cloth calisthenics and some long overdue brand readjustments, there came another, even more meaningful cultural shift. I think white people need to listen. White people should listen to African Americans. White people, we need to listen. We are listening. I am listening. Now it's time for us to have ears to hear. <laughs> oh, good, because I've been using mine for fucking. <laughs> two, two at a time. I like my ear fucking like I like my Pink Floyd albums in stereo. <laughs> Yeah, yeah we, we, we changed it from rehearsal for the, the crew that got a, a bit of a tickle out of that. <laughs> yes, apparently this racial issue that so divides America could have just been solved if only black people would have said something. <laughs> so, okay, white people, ears to hear. This is the harsh reality for black people in America today, that we are expected to participate in democracy while receiving conditional citizenship in return. When zip code determines what kind of school that you go to, when zip code determines what kind of food you can eat, these are the vestiges of enslavement. So when they say, why do you burn down the community? Why do you burn down your own neighborhood? It's not ours. We don't own anything. It's amazing to me why we keep loving this country and this country does not love us back. I mean, this stuff is, is hard to hear. But these are tough conversations. And I would probably have more hope in its impact on our culture if those same exact sentiments hadn't already been conveyed to white people over and over and over, like one year earlier on The Breakfast Club. They never, never, never addressed the primary problems of black folk. Our primary problem was not social integration or civil rights. The primary problem is you never corrected the legacies and burdens of slavery. Or by Viola Davis at an award show in 2015. The only thing that separates women of color 
from anyone else is opportunity. Or in the 90s, when Sister Solja explained this directly to Bill Clinton and Larry King. The thing that kills African people in America is not what white people say, but what they do, their policies, their actions. See, white people are pretending that this problem is new and we're just hearing about it now because we love to discover stuff that's already existed. <laughs> It's kind of our thing. <laughs> America! Where did you come from? First. As a matter of fact, this shit has been said many times just by Chris Rock. Shit, there ain't a white man in this room that would change places with me. And I'm rich. You had a 400-year head start, motherfucker. See, the black man got to fly to get something that the white man could walk to. A black C-student can't even be the manager of Burger King. Meanwhile, a white C-student just happens to be the president of the United States of America. He's a very good comedian. <laughs> but you know what? Maybe you don't want to hear about our racial divide and have it be funny. Would you rather black people invent an entire genre of music just to explain it to us? Fathers of this country never cared for me. They kept my ass at the shackles of the slavery. And Uncle Sam never did a damn thing for me. Just lie about the fact in my history. But you know what? I, it's wonderful that white people are finally ready to sit back and listen. But damn, the black people speaking out now are just sampling the classics. Racism is so deeply embedded into the fabric of the society. Thank you, Angela. James Baldwin went all the way to England to explain it because he wanted to do it at white people headquarters. <laughs> it comes as a great shock to discover that the country, which is your birthplace and to which you owe your life and your identity, has not in its whole system of reality evolved any place for you. For fuck's sake, Frederick Douglass told white people the rich inheritance of justice, liberty, prosperity, and independence bequeathed by your fathers is shared by you, not by me. He said that in 1852. And now, 170 years later, suddenly we're like, hey... You seem upset. <laughs> We're still cool, though, right? <laughs> Did we do something? Black people have given us step-by-step -step instructions through the centuries. They didn't even do that with the electric slide. By the way, three steps and then you bet. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> and yet, even after all that, the wealth gap worse now home ownership worse now segregation worse now on average a white high school graduate is wealthier than a black college graduate forget about them telling you even the stark facts don't seem to matter black americans should understand that if they study and work 
hard, they will likely succeed in this country. Just not as much as white people who don't study as hard. (laughs) We have been told over and over and over again by black people that this country has never resolved the original sins of slavery and segregation. But the response to that is always... If Barack Obama can make it as a single, as the son of a single uh, white mom, then so can everybody else. Oprah Winfrey is perhaps the best example of a talented person who made it on her own in America. LeBron James is a great American success story. How can America be racist if Cleveland has a championship? (laughs) It doesn't seem to matter what black people tell us or how many times they say it. It lands on deaf ears. Because a large swath of white America believes that black Americans are solely responsible for their community struggle. And the bias is so pervasive, we don't even notice it. Crap. Who's responsible? Let me tell you straight out. Everyone who uses drugs. Mm. (laughs) And perchance, who would this everyone be? Crack has become the new franchise, a chemical McDonald's. You want to get high, you see the guys in the gangs, in the red and blue outfits. The front line in the war on crack. There are tens of thousands more crack babies on the way. Crack babies are going to overwhelm every social service delivery system. Before, we could afford to ignore the hopelessness represented by gangs, but now we're afraid it will affect our schools, our kids, our streets. It's as innocent looking as candy. But it's turning our cities into battle zones. And it's murdering our children. What kind of fucking candy do you eat? (laughs) Now, this is not to downplay at all the effects of the crack epidemic. But we are currently in the midst of an equally corrosive opioid epidemic. Although that affects a slightly different everyone. And how is that portrayed? America's addiction to opioids is playing out right down the street. Every type of person you can imagine. Successful people. Funny people. Moms, dads, grandparents, injured athletes, cancer patients, war veterans. Chances are greater than ever you know someone directly affected. Why are opioids so hard to quit? Well, that's fucking easy. It links opioid receptors and inhibits an enzyme that... I'm not going to get into it right now. (laughs) But the point is, it's on purpose. And the people who made it that way only had to pay a fine. But that's drugs. I'm sure poverty doesn't have the same empathy gap. Inner city is a polite name for ghetto, as in black ghetto. (laughs) And that's the award-winning PBS journalist. So, uh, uh, just out of curiosity, why is the black ghetto poor? Intelligent Americans know. It is the collapse of the traditional family that is wreaking havoc in the African-American community. 72% of black babies are born to single mothers. If they would start talking about the responsibilities of fatherhood. Dependency on welfare was breaking up black families. The breakdown of the black family and an extraordinarily dysfunctional, toxic inner city culture. (laughs) Inner city. Excuse me. The politically correct phrase is black ghetto. (laughs) Good day. (laughs) 
by the way, how do we portray poverty in the outer city? Ruggedly beautiful and deeply poor Appalachia for decades has struggled. People here have struggled more and more as their factories have shuttered and their coal mines have closed. It's been a slow, painful drip of job losses for decades. It used to be with a high school degree, you could get a job that actually could provide for your family. Yeah. And the disappearance of those may lead people to feel a lot more stressed. So that low self-worth, along with that hopelessness feeling, we start seeing tremendous depression. So how do you relieve depression? You can relieve it with drug use, alcohol use. White people are poor and do drugs because something has been done to them. Black people are poor and do drugs because they won't just get up and do something. Everything that happens is viewed through that filter. What started as peaceful protest devolving into something beyond that. An explosion of violence today. This is not what we want people to see of the city of Philadelphia. Well, makes perfect sense. How would you like people to see the city of Philadelphia? The Eagles' victory touched off a wild celebration in Philadelphia. The celebration quickly got rowdy. Fans pulled down traffic lights. The awning in front of the Ritz-Carlton Hotel collapsed started fires and tipped over cars. Well, it looks like everybody had a good time there last night. <laughs> and thus, the problem with white people. Yeah. Hold on. I'm just going to... I'm just going to stop for a second and... And pose so you can get your memes out. Okay, there we go. Get a good picture for your clickbaits. For however sincerely we want to reckon and listen, the truth is America has always prioritized white comfort over black survival. Black people have had to fight so hard for equality that they've been irreparably set back in the pursuit of equity. And any real attempt to uh, rep rep repair a ton of that damage, reparation, <laughs> sets off white people's they're coming for our shit alarm, which we would know ourselves had we actually been listening. My feeling is white people have a very, very serious problem and they should start thinking about what they can do about it take me out of it understood john stewart yeah caucasians you know i'm a you know their their problem of course is their <laughs> They perpetuate the idea of individualism, materialism. And there's some greedy son of a bitches. And they're very, very violent prone. That's their problem. That's the problem with white folks. And they don't give a damn about nobody. So all the things that we have suffered from, all the things that we have suffered from. No other humans on the planet have been done 
the way we have been done. I don't give a damn if you want to put up the European Jews and the so-called Holocaust and the so-called suffering of European Jews. The six million. I don't give a damn if it was one or six million. I still say that's terrible. I understand that. But what happened to us, there is no comparison. You didn't lose your culture, European Jews. You didn't lose your identity. The breakup of your family did not happen. It was an intent to break. They recognized that the strongest institution was the family. And so therefore, if if we deny you jobs, we deny you that kind of... I don't want, and I'm going to give you some money, but I don't want the man in the house. I don't want your family to be sustained of the money we give you, and therefore you can start to build and then throw affirmative action in there so you can get some jobs. Just like they threw uh, uh, reconstruction in there right after, and which only lasted 10 years, the same thing with affirmative action only lasted 10 years. My good brother, 443, Brother Irv, how you doing? Oh, let me see. Four four three. Good afternoon. Uh, hey, brother. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. But that piece with John Stewart was it was amazing. Yeah. I, I think I heard part of it, but I never heard the whole thing. It was it was it was so profound that he was able to pull all that together. And, sim- and make it so simplistic. Yeah. Even though it was funny, it was true. Mm-hmm. Uh, he <laughs> and it, and it made it, it made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, and I'm gonna tell you why. It did. It made me feel uncomfortable because I, I was listening to um, uh, the radio this morning, which I do most mornings, and I listened to the integrationist mindset that that black people have, mm-hmm. where no matter what happens. We're going to stay here until you love us. Right. We don't give a damn how many how many <laughs> of my children I have to sacrifice, how much of my being a man I have to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. We're going to stay here until you start loving us, whether you give us money, whether you you're going to love. And so when he said that, that amplified that, and that's what made me uncomfortable because I can see in these people that no matter what these white people do, mm-hmm. they're not leaving. And, and, and if the, the part that gets it is white people know that. Right. You're not going anywhere. They ain't I've going convinced nowhere. you that. Look, I've convinced you that that glass of dirty water that I give you every day is the best you're going to get. You're not going to get any better than this. America is the greatest country in the world. How do you know that? You've never been to another country. I don't need to go because you've told me everything I need to know about That's those countries. Right. That's They're right. bad. That's right. <laughs> That's so, right. Oh, she, it is. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> yep. And you and we and I feel like I'm, I'm 60 some years old and I've learned all this not in in school because school taught me the status quo, uh, the, the Pledge mm-hmm. of Allegiance, the, the, the George Washington. Right. It taught me all the things that make me believe. And but once I got to a conscious state in my life and I realized that. I can think for myself. I have a. I can read a book, the whole book, mm-hmm. not just the first two. And I can. I can with this computer that that the God I serve gave me in my head. I can make this book make sense. I can make things make sense. And 
what we're living now, oh, she doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It does not make, and it makes you even want to cry sometimes. But, but that, for me, I will cry. Then I, then I will fight because I have a warrior spirit. Right on. And I think that's from my ancestors. I mm-hmm. will fight, and I, I, I will fight, and I will fight standing up. Uh, I listened to Chris Rock uh, the other day. Uh, everyone kept telling me you got to see it, got to see it. So I, I looked at it, mm-hmm. and um, I heard the comments. Oh. He shouldn't have did that. These brothers are fighting each other. I said, wait a minute. Chris Rock is a comedian. These, he does, you did, did you vote for Chris Rock? Because you know you voted for Biden. But did you vote for Chris Rock? Mm-hmm. He, he, does he represent you or is he, or is he, or is he a slave to the He got $40 million mm-hmm. to scream and holler and, and call you a nigga for two, two hours. Because that's all he did. It was out of N-word. Mm-hmm. And he did that. And so now... You're mad because some of the stuff he said. You're on the radio. He shouldn't say that, and he shouldn't say this. I said, look, all you have to do is turn the TV off and open a book. Mm-hmm. You, nobody made you go listen to Chris Rock. Chris Rock represents Chris Rock. He's always represented right. Chris Rock. Exactly. He said, of course, He had no serious he level of consciousness. He's just seeing no. what, the, what the society is and, 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 and then speaking on it in a comical way. But, I mean, a lot of things the brother has said, has been true, but he you know he ain't got no real serious consciousness. He's he's a rich man. He loves it. Right. She loves the materialism. Oh, he, said he's rich. he said, "I'm rich, but I identify as poor." Yeah. And, and it was a lot. And in saying that, he said a lot. He said, "I got money, but I can still talk to you, broke cats, because the, he feels like he feels like uh, Steve Harvey. The best way to help poor people is not to be one. <laughs> so you have separated. Mm-hmm. Come, come on now, you have." <laughs> Separated yourself from your people, right? Because you feel like, uh, you know, I'm Oprah, I'm Tyler. I can name all the rich black people they want us to know. Mm-hmm. Because those, those, you are, you have separated yourself into an elite class. And even if you do support something that's a nationalist mindset or something that is, uh, that is a uh, uh, collective, you're going to do it in secret. That's right. You're going to do it in, in secret. That's I, right. I, I, hey, I want your wife. I remember. Uh, uh, <laughs> Will Smith gave some money to the Indaba right. program, which was the great sit down, the Indaba program, talk about reparations. Wow. And and they gave some right. money so that uh, there would be meals and so forth at the conferences, you know, because there was a series right. of conferences at the time. I attended like two or three of them, you know, uh, right. and, and, and said, well, in fact, Brother Ray Winbush, who I'm going to talk about in, in, in the, after the after the uh, break, uh, his book reparations but anyway he said they gave this money to us in secret you know they don't want nobody because you know they they don't want the white folks to know that i'm funding programs that are going to challenge them i you you know i'll keep giving you money if you keep on telling jokes if you keep on uh uh, acting in these movies that i and, and portraying the characters that i want you to be and how i want you to be you know in fact, that, that's, right. I'm, I'm really anxious to see the movie um, uh, that he did when he was in, playing the captive. In fact, there's a famous or infamous, let me put it more that way, of a brother whose mm-hmm. back is so whipped that you see all these scars, all the keloids all over his back. Right. That's the character, supposedly, he's playing. 
He's playing that brother. I can't oh. remember his name. But yeah, so I want to check that out. But no, the name of the movie. The name of the movie is Emancipation. Emancipation. And okay. I, I, I actually saw that movie also. How was um, it? And and oh, it was. Uh, uh, Chris Rock said he watched the movie because he just wanted to see somebody <laughs> whip Will <laughs> Smith's butt. I just want to see him get beat up because uh, you didn't beat him up because he smacked you in your mouth. And you and he had the audacity to say that he didn't hit him back because his mother raised him that he don't right. fight in front of white, white folks. Pete. And yeah. that, to me, that to me, even in that statement right there, he's kowtowing to white people, to me. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. saying, uh, you know, I, people got super sensitive when they saw that smack. I've seen people get shot in front of me where yeah. I grew up. I'm yeah. I'm totally yeah. traumatized. I grew up in a, in a poverty stricken area yeah. with a bunch of psychopaths. Yep. I didn't know they were psychopaths. Yep. I thought everybody was like this. We all carry guns. Yeah. But when you're acting you're act, white people are acting like they've never seen violence before and you've come through uh Vietnam, you've come through Afghanistan, you I can keep naming all the wars this country has supported with their money mm-hmm. and you're telling me violence messes you up because you see two black men fighting? To, to what you call black people who have who is who have conformed to what you want them to conform mm-hmm. to. Well, so my point is, but you know, ahead. the thing is, is that the face of violence in the world is ours, projected projected from America. The face of violence is ours. So they tripping in him saying what he said. I can understand that. You know, don't fight in front of white people. Fight fight all the time. Kill each other all the time. But just don't do it in front of white folks. But the, pop, the, the deal right. is this, the deal is this, is that we have been trained to be the violent prone perverts that we are based upon the environment that we're in and what has been done to us, you know, and, 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 and that translates even to the continent because Europeans who are the most violent prone perverts on this planet, more so than any group of people, cultural group of people, the European is the most violent people on this planet. And 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 they infect others that they encounter, others that they take to want to eliminate. They're the only people on the planet that is engaged in uh, genocide. And that, and I ain't talking right. about I ain't talking about no damn European Jews. They're no damn genocide. No. I'm talking about No, no. I'm no talk, yeah, I'm talking about human beings that have been eradicated. Human beings that have been right. eliminated. That has happened based mm-hmm. upon what they have done. Shit, it almost happened to oh, yeah. almost happened to the indigenous people on this continent. Shit, no, there was they down have, to they have tried to. No, no you're right, mm-hmm. brother Oji. They have tried to exterminate people, right? For a better word, they yeah. tried to. But what the? But what, and, and, you know, a brother said something the other day that was so profound. He said the United States is like a rotten cake with icing. Yeah. And I thought about that statement. The inside. Is 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 as is 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 gutted out, but the outside is a beautiful. The flag waving and all the people smiling and everything is just yeah, so nice. Yeah. And you just, you just love oh yeah, they love the aesthetics. The aesthetics are great. How it looks is beautiful. Oh, yeah, but it right. is rotten. But it's 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 gutted. There's right. the, these are the most godless people yeah, that I've ever seen the in my life. There's there's no god in this country. Yeah. These people will pray to anything. They they are pray tell you to pray, but they are godless. And when you have no when when there's nothing in this world bigger than you, then what do you fear? Well, they're, you they're, fear nothing. 
God, their God is money. Their God is materialism. Their God is greed. That's what it is. Hell, and their God is violence. Their God is violence. Yes. That's what it is. Yes. You know, but let me, let me, yes. let me, let me catch this oh, call. Let me yes, catch this call. I'm going to put you on hold. Thank you for Always. 646, 646, good afternoon. You know something, Oshie? Yes, sir. You're really going to have to stop talking about white people in the matter in which you do. <laughs> it's not right, sir. <laughs> what gives you the authority and the right to talk about the cracker like this every time you're on the air? Do you know the white man is your savior? He's your God. <laughs> you know, that's how Negroes be acting and thinking. You yeah. know what I mean? They hear you talking about the white man, and they get scared, confused, discombobulated, yeah. and all of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, it becomes it becomes sickening. And you know what's even worse is when you get to be our age, you just don't have the patience for it, man. Right. I mean, as you age, there's just certain qualities that is unbelievable, man. You have no patience for no form of BS. And especially if you're in a position where there ain't an effing thing they could do to you. Right. And there That's is. the thing that the Negro never, never, ever works towards is being free of the white man or being placed in a position to where as you have some authority over how he acts and responds towards you. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it's, it's unbelievable, yeah. man, to, to watch our people be so dependent on they are not going to be able to move forward unless it's through the process in the hands of the Democratic Party. It is yeah. unbelievable, man. Yeah, they they, they, they swear by it. Unbelievable. That, I mean, it's, it's that like... That in the Christian church. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, and the thing is, both of those organizations, if we're going to be honest and truthful, are trash. The black church, to be today what it is, it's really trash. You're not saving souls. You're not doing anything to build community. You're really of no value other than the fact that you're trying to keep the doors open and the pork chop chicken eating pimp preacher in his Cadillac. Mm -hmm. You know, even though now the Negro done upgraded to a Mercedes. But you can't tell me that, that the black church is doing the necessary things to liberate us as a people. Where 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 do they religious institutions behave like the Jew do? Well, <laughs> well, the, well, the thing about the church is that it is in the mindset that you know you you are going to get yours when you die in the by and by. Where? You know you're not going to get it here. Although crackers, they got they they got theirs here. In, they working in, in on the, it. Right, in the physical reality. You're not going to get that. You're going to get it, you know, once you transition in the by and by. But, you know, but, so, but you're, you know so you're made to suffer. And, and, and the belief through the church is that our suffering is redemptive. And so, therefore, right. you know, 
because of all the stuff that we've gone through, that's why our chances of getting into heaven, our chances of having a, a better hereafter because of what we have endured here. Ain't nobody that's come, good. ain't nobody came back and told us what it is. Exactly. So that, that's a bunch of BS. And, and, and the thing is, the thing is this, and this is always what get me about the black church. And this is when I figured out it was basically poppycock nonsense yeah. was that you have all of these different re- religions, the Baptists, the Pentecostal, the seven day mm-hmm. Adventists, um, all of them in seek of one God, right? Yeah. Now, if they all in the seek of one God, why can't they come together collectively and do anything for God's chosen people, for their people? I mean, it's just a, it's just shows you the contradiction of the divide and the control that the white men have over right. the mindset right. of our people. Yeah. There should never be any situation where black people that are supposed to be godly don't come together and fight to improve the quality of life of our people. But the only thing they'll ever talk about coming together is for the collection plate <laughs> and the vote for some cracker yeah. or some Negro that get in office and is effing worthless. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm going to take me a break, my brother. You stick around and uh, on the other side and uh, we'll have further discussion. What are you doing on the other side? Uh, I got a piece on my play, so just it's going to be good. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. All right. We're going to play this before we go to the other side right quick. Yeah, we're going to play this right quick. People don't like my comedy. A lot of white people don't like my comedy. A lot of white people say this to me. Hey, Amir. Hey. You get on stage. You make your jokes about white people. You say white people this, white people that. What if I did something like that? Huh? What if I got on stage and I said, yeah. Black people are like this. Muslims are like that. You'd probably call me a racist, wouldn't you? And I say, yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, you should. You should never do that. That's that's bad for your health. They're like, well, you do that, Amir. You do that. You get on stage. You make your jokes about white people. Don't you think that's a kind of racism? Don't you think that's dun dun dun? Reverse racism. <laughs> I said no. I don't think that's reverse racism. Not because not because I think reverse racism doesn't exist, right? If you ask some black and brown people, they'll tell you flat out there is no such thing as reverse racism. I don't agree with that. I think there is such a thing as reverse racism, and uh, I could be I could be a reverse racist if I wanted to. Uh, all I would need would be a uh, time machine. Right? And uh, what I do is I get in my time machine, I go back in time to before Europe colonized the world, right? And uh, I convince the leaders of Africa, Asia, the Middle East, Central and South America to uh, invade and colonize Europe, right? Just occupy them, steal their land and resources, set up some kind of like, I don't know, trans Asian slave trade where we exported white people to work on giant rice plantations in China. <laughs> just ruin Europe over the course of a couple of centuries so all their descendants would want to migrate out and live in the places where black and brown people come from. But of course, in that time, I'd make sure I set up systems 
that privilege black and brown people at every conceivable social, political, and economic opportunity. And white people would never have any hope of real self-determination. This every couple of decades make up some fake war as an excuse to go and bomb them back to the Stone Age and say it's for their own good because their culture is inferior. And just for kicks, subject white people to colored people's standards of beauty so they end up hating the color of their own skin, eyes, and hair. If, after hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of that, I got on stage at a comedy show and said, hey, what's the deal with white people? they dance? That would be reverse racism. One of my favorite pieces. Why can't they dance? <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that and other things. Uh, but right now, we're going to take a break. We appreciate you being here. And uh, man. You're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. We'll be right back. Stay with us. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com.
You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. The piece I played right before the break, that was Ahmad. Uh, oh, also, too, the piece I played, which, of course, is Break Down the Chicago Steppers. If that ain't a Friday song, I don't know what is, huh? Then that get you to move to get up to the club, man, and put your stuff on and, you know, get that sister by the hand and give her some twirls. I'll say, show enough, Chicago Steppers, breakdown. But that's a piece I play when I do my presentation on ancient Kemet. Because even though, of course, Ahmad is is made to be funny, of course, he's a comedian. But the reality is what he said is what they did. Everything he said is what Europeans did and mostly did to us. So in essence, the shit ain't funny at all. Reminds me of why all the pictures that I've seen of Carter G. Woodson, he didn't smile. And I often thought that maybe he had a wax smile. You know, his grill was messed up. But then I really realized that he didn't have shit to smile about. Ain't This ain't funny. What they have done to African people is not funny. And what they continue to do to us is not funny. Yeah, that's a deep, that's a deep piece. Um, Brother Mickey Dean, talking about uh, Ray Winbush's book, Should America Pay, which came out about 20 years ago. You know, slavery and the raging debate on reparations with a new chapter on the future of reparations movement. And he uh, listed contributors of the people who are uh, contributed to the book, edited by Brother Ray Winbush. He is a professor at uh, Morgan State in Baltimore. Good brother. And and I tell you, yeah. But Mickey wrote this in reference to the book. Recently, I was rereading sections of the books on reparations titled Should America Pay? which was edited by Ray Winbush. I read the book when it first came out about 20 years ago. There is a section in the book that was written by a sister, Ya Asantewa Nzinga. The section discusses reparations and education. A passage in the piece reminded me of the battles that we are facing today, whereby governmental bodies and others are attempting to deny young students the opportunity to learn comprehensive American, I mean African and American African history. Even in the 21st century, some teachers are victimized when they use, when they attempt to use African-centered curriculum for their children that they teach. Similar to the conditions under captivity, many teachers find themselves teaching behind closed doors, whispering, gesturing, looking over their shoulders, hovering in corners, checking the hallways, and constantly worried about their job security when it comes to teaching a curriculum that stimulates, motivates, and awakens the minds of African children. This was written 20 years ago. Is is there, is that where we're headed today? All the more reason why we must 
have our own schools, Ashe. Education for liberation. Education for self-determination. Education for sovereignty. Right on, Brother Mickey Dean. Yeah. If you want to join this conversation, reparations. Yeah. We got time. Let us do this. Let us do this. Yeah, yeah. All right, this next poet is from our hometown. He describes himself as a ritual poet. Combining elements of drama, chant, and ritual into his work. Ladies and gentlemen, from Brooklyn. I'm proud and honored to present Sekou Sundiata. hot up here than I expected. I think all, thank you. I think all the other poets raised the temperature. <laughs> Come on and bring on the reparations. Oh, master of the perfect word universe, trichnological forked tongue, riddle me this. If the Chinese can come from China and the French can come from France, what made you think you could get niggas out of Africa in the first place? Just because you put puppies in the oven, that don't make them biscuits. Reparations on GP. Come on and bring on the reparations. For all the unrequited home runs, brothers be burning up the bases, the crowd be going mad, brothers be crossing over home plate, go outside and can't get a cab. For little Richard teaching the Beatles how to scream like Aunt Jemima without their pancakes. And all the other dark and unknown rockers electrified, the republic sanctified, shaking that cold war out the booty body politic. Come on and bring on the reparations. For the beat in beatnik, white Negroes and such, getting off up under that great music and them little ass five spots. For the jazz in the jazz age, making your women wiggle and squirm and you trying to twist and do the worm. Your abstract expressionism jism dripping, you might say, if I was you, I would go on the road and howl too. Jimmy Dean and Elvis, they can go to wherever they went. Marilyn too, except she got caught in a trick and got bent out of that cute little shape she had going. Come on and bring on the reparations. For the Birmingham Gospels, four little girls come Sunday. For the Jesus remix in those redneck streets, fire hose, mad dog, crucifix, and what exactly did you say you was doing at the time of our soft shoe on the rock of edges? For the privilege in your skin, a wounded knee, a trail of tears for the Indian in us. Come on and bring on the reparations. For the spook with the metal detector sitting by your door. Open just enough, probably a moon full of cocaine on the table. Monica on her knees doing secret service. You humming mum under wraps. And what about all those flags we so proudly hailed? Marvin Gaye singing, oh, say, can you see? Wearing shades like mirrors at the All-Star game so you can reflect yourself. Relaxed and feeling good. The dark looker doing his looking like he was blind. Bearing witness to the whiteness of whiteness. Pretending you was the only one who could see. Tis after all about thee, just like you like it. Mercy, mercy, me, and so on and so forth. For the missing royalty checks, and so on and so forth. For VD in Tuskegee called syphilis, and so on and so forth. Think of it. 
Think of it as a down payment on the interest compounded. Them 40 acres notwithstanding. That mule notwithstanding. Multiply, quantize, digitize. What to say about forgiveness between you huh, and your God. Come on and bring on the reparation. Bring on the reparations. Yeah, I tell you, those two pieces, man, I love them. Yeah. I do another piece on my presentation, the one with Richard Pryor, from his program that he had back in the uh, 80s that only lasted uh, four episodes. The one where he goes into the uh, pyramid with the other two. In fact, one of them is Robin Williams. One of his first gigs, Robin Williams. You know, and he looks at the book of Coming Forth by Day book of life and he's going through it he say, ain't nothing in here about whitey this is all black people we got down i'm getting this book out of here this will change and he's right that's why in 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 the skit they closed the tomb door on him and said let's tear it down we don't want knowledge to get out of here it's just like that saying in the uh henry Bury the Virginia House of Representatives. We have closed off every avenue by which light may enter the captive's mind. And if, we could, could see, and if we could see the capacity to see the light, if we can extinguish the capacity to see the light, they will be as the beasts of the fields and we will be safe. We have closed off every avenue. We are now able to make you be what we want you to be. Man, some evil people, family. Some evil people. Give me a call at 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. If you want to get, jump in, and for those who are already in the queue, hit start twice. Hit start twice so we can have some conversation. We're talking about what these folks have done. That piece from John Stewart is a good piece, man. They don't want to. They don't want to understand. They could give less than a rat's ass of what we have said so many years ago, what we're saying today. And our problem is we'll be saying the same shit tomorrow. Give it up. They're not going to change. It is not in them to do so. They're not going to share. They're not going to treat us equitably justly, righteously. It hasn't happened, it ain't happening, and it ain't gonna happen. That's why I constantly push independence, self-determination, liberation, and sovereignty for African people. Because what the Caucasian has done, he's put the face of Africa and dark or melanated, deeply melanated people at the bottom. At the very bottom. We were at the top because before anybody was, we were. Genetically, our genes are dominant. And the less melanin you have, your genes are recessive. Dominant, dominant, you get dominant. Dominant, recessive, you get dominant. Recessive, recessive, you get recessive. And the sister 
Eve, that sister, that the African woman, the beautiful melanated woman that all life has sprang from. But they want you to believe that their God made a creation and that creation was them. Their God made them to rule over all others. Yeah, I'll tell you. Give us a call at 215-490-9832. Oh, brothers and sisters, today, on this day, in uh, March 10th, 1913, Sister Armentia Ross made her transition. Armentia Ross. Who's that, Brother Oshi? Oh, you know her as Harriet Tudman. Harriet Tudman. She made her transition. 90 years old. She was born in uh, 1823 or 1822. You know. Yeah. Amentia Ross made her transition. She was born in 1822. So she's about 90, 91. They, you know, they don't have a, a date for her or for her birth because, you know, just like all the other Africans, it, you know, they don't give dates. They, they can care less. When the Caucasian put the inventory down of who he had, just said, Oshi, young male, old dude, you know, 70 years old, whatever. Old guy, don't give me, <laughs> you know, housebroken. Man, and I, you know, I don't hate anybody, family. I really don't. I love all humanity. But what I do hate, I hate with a passion. I hate a system. I hate a system that was created by Europeans that gave themselves the top position with everybody else at a lower position with us at the lowest position. I hate it. I hate it for what it has done to us. I, you know, that's that's what I hate most, what it has done to us and how we look at ourselves. How we look at each other. How even to this very day, many of us identify with the Caucasian. And everybody around the world can't stand us, hates us for no damn reason other than what the Caucasian has said. It's just like those brothers and sisters that went down into Mexico. They thought they were some uh, uh, folks trying to sneak in. Yeah. Oh, here I got a birthday too. Oh, let me have a birthday today. Mahmoud Abdul Raouf. Birthday today. Mahmoud Abdul Raouf, formerly Chris Jackson of LSU, played around the time that um, Shaq was playing at LSU with the serious quickness, man, and jumper, man. Oh, beautiful player, Mahmoud Abdul Raouf. He had uh, Tourette syndrome. He's 
would see him shaking, you know, voluntarily moving his head and so forth. I wonder if Elgin Baylor had that. You know, he had a little tick in his throat. He does an onset of Tourette's. I don't know. But Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf was white bald. He was white bald because he didn't want to stand for an anthem that was like, I don't stand. I don't know, you know, uh, even during 9-11, man, uh, I stood, but I head was bowed. I didn't put my hand over my heart. I didn't damn it salute. None of that, because the 9-11 was a sham. The 9-11 was an inside job. And I can't stand the hypocrisy of this country. So no, I didn't. I ain't. In fact, uh, one of my, if you know me, one of my favorite documentaries is what stack it's what stack in fact i had brother gerald from la who was in the documentary brother gerald gerald thompson was in the doc because uh last year last year august was the anniversary 50th anniversary of what stack and in fact i had him on on the 40th anniversary on in uh, back back in Milwaukee, on the radio station I was subbing on on that Friday, because I got the information from uh, Brother Brent Burton, fellow firefighter out in L.A. You know, so we had great conversations. We maintained contact, and it was great. And but anyway, um, yeah, <sighs> I tell you. <laughs> Damn shame, but that's just like Marvin said, <laughs> and, and and the brother in what you call uh, in the reparations piece, brother Sandiata, you know, talking about Marvin Gaye singing the anthem. Of course, if you're old enough to remember in the eighty, uh, I think it was eighty two anth, eighty two All Star game in L A. You know, when he when he busted out with that piece, that was cold. And also to the anthem that uh, sister. Kim Weston, although the anthem in Wastek was interesting because we didn't stand up. Brothers and sisters didn't stand up. I haven't stood up since high school. That's when we started sitting down because that's when it was happening. We weren't standing up. And then when she sung the black national anthem, because Jesse told him, stand up, put their fists up. Lift every voice and sing. And in fact, you could get that piece along with Marvin's piece, uh, also along with Whitney's piece with the uh, national anthem from the Super Bowl in 92. You can get those. So if you, you know, have a a program and you want to play the anthem and you know people want to sing that shit, but you want to play it for whatever reason, there you go. You can get them. Yeah. Yeah, Sister Kim Weston. Brother stood up and raised that fist till, till victory is won. No, I like the whole thing, you know. Yeah. The last line. Hey, O.T. Hey, Jay. You saw that um, documentary with Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, right? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. I haven't oh, seen him. Man. No, I haven't, man, brother. You gotta, 
You yeah, got to you got to see right, it, man. I'm writing that down right now. There's a documentary. It's on it's on Showtime. On Showtime. Okay. Yeah, man, it's called Stand. Oh, man, it's it's one of the most beautiful documentaries you could you could ever see, man, and um he's just a beautiful brother, Yeah, he man. is. I mean, yes, he is. You know, um he's just somebody that um been through some things, yeah. but you know, done stayed on or on, on, on the course, man. You know, he's he's a he's a real spiritual brother. Yes, matter he of fact, he's an imam. He's, he's an imam? imam also. Oh, okay, yeah, he's a he's a he's okay. an imam and also. Um, they were saying that one time he had his own mosque and everything mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that. I guess now he's at the point to where as. He's trying to, in a sense, recoup financially. Um, but the documentary was just mm-hmm. incredible, man. I yeah, mean, it, 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 it just go. Like it, left, it. it left something. It left some things out, and you know, it left certain perspectives. I feel out because, you know, I gotta say this. One of our biggest problems is we never want to offend the effing cracker. Yeah. Whenever we tell our story, I just, I just, if I just, you notice. I just, I just read that it, there's a fear. Yeah. There's a, yeah. There, it's yeah. Like, it's, it, it's like, you know, we don't believe that it's enough of us who will embrace each other mm-hmm. and accept our truth. So every time we make some sort of story, it has to appeal to the cracker and make the cracker feel as though he's not as brutal and dirty and low down and bigger dog that he that he really is. And you know, that's why, to be honest with you, when you see what's going on with DeSantis, it's being able to get away with it is because black folks don't want to go to war over it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The thing is, and, and, and this is why I really don't get upset about it the way I used to is, because we allow this shit to happen, man. Because you're supposed to be sure enough of yourself to be able to organize at this stage of the game to crack someone like him. You know, that's why, you know, I always say that Marching ain't for me. That's the biggest form of bullshit in the world, marching. Mm-hmm. All it do is hurt your feet. You well, know what I mean? Yeah. Well, because I, 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 it, it's nothing really achieved. Right. I haven't done any marching in quite quite some time. No, 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 well, not because my knees are bad, but, but, I, but I recognize that it is a statement. It is a visible statement. It's a, it's a bullshit it, statement. You know, but, but, because think about it. Let me, let me just say this right there quick. What is the purpose of going back to the Evans Pettis Billiards fifty years later in a situation to march across the bridge or whatever, and in all reality and essence give money to white folks? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We all know the history, or most people right, should right. know well, the, the is, history of you. The thing if, is, but CJ, the thing, Jane, the, the thing is, a lot of that is the symbolism. Without the substance, symbolism you know, without, without substance, substance is bullshit. Yeah, that, well, 
fine. We need Jack, to be Jack. past that stage. Well, yeah, well, you would never be past that stage as long as he's in this because we feel that we can mark these things by once again showing or demonstrating or boycotting or marching or or uh, visuals, visuals and so forth that we can that we can mark these things by bringing that kind of attention to it. But the point Hold being, on one second. but you said brother, brother. What? What do black people brother, boycott, brother? Tell me brother, about oh, black people Yeah, boycott. hold on. Hold on, hold on, Irv. What, what do we bo- boycott? Yeah. Well, that yeah, was a thing. Yeah, what do black people boycott? I can't speak to boycotting of today, but I know that boycotts were used, and you know that too, particularly in, in the 60s. But what I'm saying is, O.C., I agree with you. I'm talking about today. What do black people boycott today? I, I don't know of any. You know I don't know of any national boycotts. I don't know of any national boycotts. There may be nah, some issues that may happen. Can I tell you why? Can I tell you how they stop black people from boycotting? They punk them like they always do. They told them that if you boycott, it's going to lead to the first high, the last fight, the last. The, what is it? Right, the first, first fire, last fire. The, the, first... the last high, the first fire. Right. That's what it's going to lead to. So if you boycott something, black people are going to lose their job. And it absolutely scared the sugar honey iced tea out of them. And then you had professional pimps like Jesse, I got dementia, hopefully I'll kill over soon, and perm daddy Al Sharpton, and the rest of their ink. Ilk. And and, and, and you know no no I can't argue hold on Jay, let me let me let me get Irvin here but let me, I can't argue Irvin. with that I can't argue with that point because there hasn't been a call for a boycott by the so-called leadership in quite some time it can't be a call. and 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 a lot of times they don't work hold on man hold on they don't work because it, the mindset of the people the mindset of us is I'm an individual. You know, I don't care. <laughs> you know, I got my own thing. You know, I'm doing my own thing. I'm an individual. You know, my, it's me and it's, it's me and mine. I don't give a damn about you and yours. Boycott if you want. It ain't gonna be effective oh. anyway. It's just like when we were boycotting <laughs> at this Korean. Uh, these Koreans, they um, uh, the security kind of pushed his sister around. You know, they pushed her around, you know. And, and so at this, uh, uh, you know, the Koreans have a dominance in this country of the hair care products and beauty products around this country, you know, and they have a lot of, uh, of stores. In fact, the store that we boycotted and picketed was really a warehouse for all the other stores. So it didn't make no difference. We can be there for days. They would... They're going to continue to get products. And what was deep, though, is that we, our boycott, the numbers that we had out there marching, I'd say about 20, 20 of us. And there were many people I seen in the parking lot waiting because they know that we were going to only boycott for, from this time to this time, waiting for us to leave so they can go into the store and save 50 cents on, on, on some weave, you know? But anyway, I got a I got a number of callers. I'm gonna try to get in here, brother Irv. Go ahead, brother. Can you hear me? Sure, go ahead. Right. Uh, what, uh, what, brother Jay? I, I would love him to understand is that everybody has to do what works for them. 
Uh, when, when we say all, uh, when we say all, that alienates people. So what works, marching may work for you, but it doesn't work for me. The, the, the marching and the boycotting in the 60s was put together by the black church. The black church is still the only place that when you have a collective mindset, it may be a slave mindset, it may be one of, of, of integration, but there's still a collective group of people, and that's why white people appear to listen to them and give them the illusion of inclusion. Let's be perfectly clear. But boycotts work. Boycotts work, but they only work when everybody right. goes on. But there's a price right. to pay in a boycott, Oshi. There's a price to pay. And you got to pay with your job. You may pay with your life. Yeah. Even marching, there's a price to pay. So if we're not willing to sacrifice, if you're not willing to turn the drug dealer down the street in your neighborhood, if you're not willing to turn him in, then shut up about drugs. Yeah. Shut up about the, the, the drugs because you're not willing to turn Pookie in. You know he's selling drugs. It, it's more drug addicts than it is drug dealers. So stop playing <laughs> these games. Yes, you already know what the, what the come on now. Mm. We, we it's, it's, it's about and we keep coming back to two things, Oshie. And I'm gonna stop after this: the mind of black people and the family of black people. Those are the two things. Everything revolves around that. Money, homosexuality is the family. Money is the mind because you don't have a, if you have a mindset of, of daddy go get my, daddy go give us something, then you don't have a mindset I'm going to get it for myself. I don't want to buy anything from white people. I don't want to buy anything from a Korean. I want to, I want to buy from black people. I want to create my own business. Right. But we don't teach our children that yeah. because we don't have that mindset. I'm going to stop right there, my brother. All right, my brother. Let I'm me getting get upset. Let me get, yep, I hear you. Let me get Brother Paul in here. Brother Paul, good afternoon. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my brother, Irv, man. You know, it's, it's usually people telling me I need to calm down, but I, I love I love his passion, man. Oh, I uh, love I just, all y'all, man. All you callers, man. I love this. I love that. I, I love that. I love that energy, man. Mm -hmm. I love the emotion, man. We have to have emotion, you know. I, I, I never understand when people say uh, too much emotion. I, there's not enough emotion. We need yeah. more emotion, man. Not, yeah. not less. We need more. But you know, you know, the thing is, um, Baba, Baba Ochi. Uh, you know, did, did did you see this stuff happening in Tunisia? Yes. Yeah, I seen. Yes. I, I seen that. And thank you for that, definitely, uh, where the yeah. president of Tunisia don't want these Africans, even though Tunisia is on the African continent. But, you know, the, 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 the Africans north of the Sahara and the Africans uh, sub-Saharan, if you want to use that damn term, you know, they have made those distinctions a long time ago, you know, and, and, and they've claimed to them. And although I'm... A, after I've heard read about it, I, I appreciate some of the uh, men and women in Tunisia saying, "Hey, we Africans, you know, I don't, I don't know if they they side really with the continent Africans, the dark skinned Africans, you know. I know they don't as a majority, but there's some that do. Yes, yes, but mm -hmm. you know, for me, what struck me. Um, the uh, president of uh, Tunisia mm -hmm. uh, made a statement along the lines that, uh, you know, we don't want no more Africans right. because they seem to be watering down the right. Arab 
the Arab um, mm-hmm. nation. Now, they're ma- he's making that statement on the African continent. You know, Baba Ochi, you know, sometimes, you know, when, when, I, when I was listening to it and watching it and, and I was getting information from different sources, thanks to um, our brother Ralph for sending me the information he sent. But, you know, you know, if you don't if you don't get emotional over these things, if you have no emotion over these things, then for me personally, you've adopted the psyche of the psychopath because psychopaths don't show emotion. You mm-hmm. see, right? That's how it works. Right? They're um, cold. The They're cold and callous. They just they do what they do, and they continue yeah. to do it. Yes. And and I'm, I'm going to state this: be careful of people. Be very careful of people, especially black people who tell you you're getting too emotional or you're too emotional, because they have adopted the uh, the, the the colonization of the psychopath. That's mm-hmm. what they've adopted, and they mm-hmm. don't even know it. They don't even right. know that they don't know, and that is the problem. So you know, without getting too emotional, um, Baba Ochi, or I feel emotional. You know, sometimes you say we go back to Africa and kick them out. Well, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Um, metaphorically, you're right. But I know that it's not going to be a straightforward thing. Oh, that's no. Gonna be exactly. That's going to be war. That's going to be bloodshed. Yeah. Well, you know, in reality, I think the bloodshed started long ago. But, you know, we just don't know we're under attack. And they're doing it silently everywhere on the planet. And I just feel that we just need to know. That and one more thing, Baba Ochi. You see, when people talk about killing people and all these sort of nonsense, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying that we need to kill off people, but we certainly need to organize ourselves. And Baba Irv said something about marching, and I, I, I love what he said. Yeah, listen, Brother Irv, I know was in the army, and I and I believe that in the army you march. Yeah, right, mm-hmm. right. And I don't think when you're in the army you can refuse. Not to march. I right. don't think you no, can because no. I'm sure they will court march you exactly. and put you in that prison. Okay? Yep. They force you to march. Now, why do they force you to march? There's one thing what marching does. It brings uniformity. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's right. what marching does. Marching brings discipline. And a lot of these things, uniformity and discipline, many of us who are shouting loud ain't got. We ain't right. got no discipline. We ain't right. got no uniformity. So when people scream about marching, 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 the bottom line with marching is mm-hmm. it brings uniformity, it brings discipline, and it brings bloody order. Mm-hmm. Baba Ochi, keep up the good work. You too, man. Right on, Brother Paul. Appreciate you, man. Have a good weekend, man. Hope to see you next week. Okay? All right. Well, listen, family, I have uh, to get to a conference. That's the Us Lifting Us. They're having their conference, and it starts soon as I get off this phone and I'm doing a libation. So I'm going to have to be quick about it. You know, I'm going to have to be quick about it. So I appreciate all you guys calling and uh, I will talk with you guys uh, next week. You guys have a great weekend family. I love y'all. You have a great weekend. I hope you enjoyed today's program and information that provided. I've always tried my best to do my best to be for you and hopefully elevate the minds of our people. Brothers and sisters, we end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources everybody wants, think they can't do without, and they sure in the hell don't want to pay for it. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful day. Shim Hotel. 
means go in peace. Esante sana means thank you. Bibi Vahorie. Bibi Vahorie means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. Peace.